Welcome to the Fireplace Podcast, live from our weekly Friday night rallies. If you live in the greater Nashville area, we would love for you to join us 7 p.m. at Harvest Sound Church. This podcast contains our best practical trainings and gripping messages that will compel you to go put Jesus' love into action. So we're in a culture series right now. How many of you guys have been joining the culture series? It's been really great. Um, tonight is on intimacy. Anyone know the, the tagline for intimacy? Yes, if you stay at his feet, you'll go where his feet go. Um, it, that's a powerful line, um, but it, it's true. And the reason it, it's true is um, how many of you guys follow Jesus? Raise your hands. But Jesus said, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. That was the first call. Anyone that's a follower of Jesus, a natural result is, is being a fisher of men. And, um, and also, if we're spending time with God, we'll get his heart and we'll get his desire. And God's desire is that none would perish and all would come to knowledge of the truth. So if you're not getting his heart for lost or for all people, then you're probably not, you probably need to press in a little harder, dig in. And really pray, Lord, give me a heart. Give me a heart that burns, a heart that burns for souls, a heart that burns for your people. Um, because how many of you guys know that Jesus burns for his bride? He burns for his bride, and he's coming back for a people that are, are uh, blameless and spotless. And he's coming back, and he desperately wants them. And so he wants everyone to come into his kingdom with him. So... Um, that's the heart of God. I'm going to share a little bit with me and um, kind of my my journey finding intimacy with God. You know, I would say um, from a young age, I got saved at the age of four, gave my life to Jesus. It was real. It, I knew I was a sinner and I needed God. And the Lord would begin to speak to me like just I could talk to him throughout the day. I would get dreams in the night. Uh, that were just so specific things, um, things that I, I couldn't know, or I'd be like, "Mommy," and tell tell my mom, and then and then she would, and then she would basically be able to be like, "Yeah, that's exactly what's going on in in my dad and mom's life," and just specific things. Heard the voice of God at a very young age, and then when I I turned about uh, thirteen to sixteen. I no longer walked in intimacy with God. I no longer really pressed in to hear his voice. Um, I knew a lot about God, but I didn't actually know God or, or really know how to identify his voice. Then I had a real turning back to God at around 17. Um, my heart got on fire for the Lord. I want everyone to know Jesus. And um, truthfully, though, even in that time, I knew I, I would say that I knew God and I, I love the Lord. I believe that I... I was saved and whatnot, and saw many people come to know Jesus. However, during that time, um, I would say that I didn't have a deep secret place, a place that I withdrew to spend time with Jesus. I was leading Bible studies on Wednesday nights, and literally, I kid you not, I was planning the Bible study an hour before, like, just being like, okay, we're doing a topic tonight on love. Let's look up all the scriptures on love. And, like, that's how we would lead the Bible study. <laughs> like, literally, we would do that every week, junior through senior year. And then out of, 
out of that, um, I did a few ministries, a couple ministry schools. One was the intensive, and then um, and then I I went to I went to YWAM, and then when I went to YWAM, I was uh, we were walking through different classes and whatnot, and. Um, during this time, it, I was basically, one of the prior ministry schools I went to was um, Circuit Riders, and Circuit Riders and Fire and Fragrance YWAM have the same curriculum. So for me, when I went to Circuit Riders and I went to YWAM, I was really frustrated because I was like, okay, I've already learned all this material. Everything they're telling me, I've already heard. I've heard this, it's the exact same messages, with the exact same speakers and preachers, and I was like, what in the world am I doing here? And and then a lot of the people at YWAM, believe it or not, didn't know the Lord or were just newly saved or whatnot. So I was like, what in the world? This is crazy. I came here. I signed up for this so I could be around a lot of mature believers that are walking with Jesus. And I was just like, what in the world is going on? And then I go to class. I'm like, I've already heard this. I didn't sign up for six months of this. And um, uh, But every day I would see the... I would see my staff member in my room, and he would get up in the morning early before everyone else was up. His bed would be made, and he was off spending time with the Lord. And I began to see that every day, and I was like, wow, like I consider myself someone that really knows God, and this guy really is serious about this, and he's getting up every morning, and he's spending time with God. I was like, what, what is going on? What? And so anyways... I began to still complain, and I go to class, and I'd be like, I've already heard this, and then the Lord spoke to me so clearly. He said, "He said, Daniel, you need to stop complaining. He said, have you ever watched a movie twice and ca- caught something a second time that you watched it? The Lord said, I'm, I said, I'm going to take you through this again, and you're going you're gonna to catch things that you didn't catch the first time. He said, but that's not actually the place I'm going to teach you. He said, the, ta- the place I'm going to teach you is in the morning when you spend time with me and learn to have a secret place. He said, basically, you've convinced yourself that you know me, but really, you, you barely know me. You know a lot about me. And, and it was in that time that I really began to develop a secret place and began to learn how to spend time with God and hear his voice. And daily, that was really the, the roots and the foundational, uh, uh, foundational foundation of my walk with the Lord was every day waking up making my bed and spending time with Jesus. Like that was just morning routine and it's pretty easy in Hawaii, okay? I was living in Hawaii. It's a place is like a Christian Disneyland. I mean, it's just about as good as it gets. Like if you can do it there, you should like if you can't do it there, you probably can't do it anywhere else. I'm just being straight up. I mean, I you know, how many of you guys like you go to the beach, you feel close to God. Raise your hands. That's me. I mean, it's like or you go outside in nature, you feel close to God. It's like if you can't do it there and you're like, oh, you know, I'm planning to go on vacation and spend time with God, you know, if you can't do it there, you probably won't be able to do it anywhere else, like just being straight up um, because oftentimes people go on vacation with that intention and they end up taking a vacation from the Lord and they don't actually spend time with him. And so it's really important that we press in, we dig deep, we dig deep into his heart. And it's not just to dig, just to dig deep, just to dig deep. It's like this is the foundation of everything we do is intimacy with Jesus. It has to be the core, has to be the priority. You know, there's, there's the Great Commission. You know that, that that burns on my heart. I'm always sharing about the Great Commission. 
Um, but there's the great commandment, and that's to love your Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And that's the backbone to the Great Commission. And it all stems from that Great Commandment. And that's to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And so um, during that time, I began to develop time with the Lord, intimacy with the Lord, began to hear his voice so clearly. I mean, when you just begin to get into the Word of God and you just become faithful getting into the Word of God, the Lord confirms his word throughout the week. Like, how many of you guys have seen that? You just start to get in the word, and then it's just like boom, boom, boom. Why? Because the scripture says the word never returns void. He will always begin to confirm his word when you're just faithful to seek him. I mean, so many times we will wake up in the morning or whatever it is, if we're faithful to get into the word, whether you understand it or not, the Lord will still, his word never returns void, and he'll still confirm it. It's like, it's like, well, you know, I don't understand, or I didn't understand it, or maybe it's like, I don't even remember what you what I read three weeks ago. Well, do you remember what you ate three weeks ago for lunch? You probably don't. It doesn't matter. You still got fed. That's what it is. That's, it's, it's just daily going back to the presence of God, and we have to cultivate this in our life, this place of intimacy. Um, but, you know, something that shifted my, my paradigm in, in YWAM was... You know, I, I, for so long, I thought it was about how much I love God. And I thought it was how much I, I could love God and pour out a life laid down to him, and that's so good. But what I didn't understand is how much God loved me. And I, I began to realize that every day, the Lord is jealous for our attention. He's jealous for our affection. He's jealous. His heart burns. It yearns for for, <laughs> for eyes that are turned towards him. And I began to realize, and there was a message that Andy Bird gave at the time, and he shared about how every day when you wake up, he's standing over your bed going, oh, my goodness, Colby's about to wake up. He's about to wake up. Oh, my goodness, he's about to wake up. He's about to wake up. Oh, there he goes. He woke up. And then he's like, oh, oh. I want to spend time with him. I want to spend time with him. And then we just get up and go off and do our own thing. And he's like, oh, oh, he's brushing his teeth, but maybe he'll, he'll get in the word with me. And no, we go off and go get on our phone, go on Instagram, just start scrolling. But every day he burns, he yearns for, the, for you to stand in the presence of God. He wants people that will plead for his presence. And every morning... I learned as soon as I woke up, my eyes opened, boom, first thought on my mind is he loves me. It's this burning love, the awareness of his presence of every moment when we wake up in the morning, we could understand how deep the Father burns and yearns for our attention and our affection. What if we could wake up every morning and go, he loves me? Imagine that. Every morning. And just to be aware of his presence and to be aware of his love that burns for you. And you can do that in your bed now, but imagine if you're in a foreign country and you're being persecuted. What if you could still go through the night, sleep, and wake up, and boom, he loves me. 
where there's an awareness of his presence to where you dig so deep that it doesn't matter the place or space or circumstance, you will continue to dig your heels deep into the presence of God. We read out of Psalm 27, 4, one thing I ask, this I do seek, to inquire him of, of his temple and to, and to seek his face. And he says, seek my face. He says, my heart says, Lord, your face I do seek. This is in the midst of trials and tribulations. David un, was able to behold the beauty of the Lord in the midst of trials, in the midst when enemies were turning were coming after him and, and his friends and his foes had turned against him. This is the reality that we're to live in. That we could seek the face of the Lord. And I remember when I was in YWAM, you know, you basically in YWAM, they, you pick kind of your top three countries you want to go to and then they pick for you and sometimes you get the top three that you one of the top three that you wanted or you don't get one that you wanted at all and my top three I think was Nepal Papua New Guinea and something else it wasn't the Philippines but I got the Philippines and I was super frustrated and um, I was I was dating a girl at the time so at at the time I was like you know what I'm trying to I'm trying to bro down on outreach. Like, that was just like, that's just top, bottom line. Like, I can't wait till outreach to just bro down with the boys. Turns out, I get on a team with like eight Norwegian girls. <laughs> I'm like, are you serious? This is, this is like bad luck Brian. Like, this is like terrible. And then, and then I end up, and then I like, pick, then you've, so your team comes first, and then you find out who your staff leaders are. And I was like, okay, all the staff guys, they're cool. So I'm like, there's, there's going to be a guy staff leader I know, so that's, that's sick. So um, my staff leader comes, and I'm like, of the hundred of, st the hun like, there's like a hundred staff, and of the hundred, I get like my least favorite one. The dude. And this dude, all I knew about him is he's the guy that just, you know, maybe doesn't look like, you know, the most masculine of men and is playing video games all the time. And I'm just like, okay, I have no respect for this dude because he just sits in his room, he plays video games, he doesn't go out, he doesn't do anything like <laughs> that I liked. And so anyways, I was just super frustrated. And I was like, are you serious? So I went, I went to the leaders of the school and I was like, I am not called to the Philippines, okay? I, I am called to Papua New Guinea or Nepal, okay? So, and, I, and they're like, are you sure? It's like, have you prayed about it? I was like, yeah, I, I know that I'm not called on this team and this is not what God has for me. And like, I went on this whole thing and um, they said, okay, we'll pray about it and we'll get back with you. They get back with me. They go, yeah, we prayed about it. And we feel like you're called to this team. I was like, oh. I was like, are you serious? And I was so mad. I was livid. I was livid. I was like thinking about like, if there's any way I could leave, like, let's make it happen. Like, this is, this is bad. So, anyways, turns out um, this, and then I find out more about this guy, and that's leading my team. 
and I find out, oh, well, he's, you know, he's like, yeah, you know, I just got saved at the last DTS. I'm like, oh, my gosh, and you're leading this team? Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> just got saved, like, that's like seven months ago. He, like, he got saved at, like, the end of his DTS. Like, like he went through s- six months and got, <laughs> got like, saved at, like, month four or five. I'm like, this is ridiculous. And so I was like, okay, this is so interesting. And anyways, so then we finally, we get out to the Philippines. We're on mission. And I'm starting to build a better relationship with him. And still, I just didn't have, like, I still had, like, I don't trust this guy. I'm not sure. And anyways, he... Um, but every morning, I'd wake up, like, super, super early because I just got in the habit of spending time with the Lord. Every morning I'd wake up, he'd be up before me, and I would see him, and when you're living, you're in the nations, you can't really go too far, so your secret place is a public place, and I would see him, and he was getting on his face before the Lord, and he was pressing in. And he would just cry every morning. And I would hear him. He'd say, God, I need you today. I need your presence. I need you to lead me. I don't know how to lead this team. I need your presence to lead us today. He said, I don't know what I'm doing, but I need you. And as I would see him do that every single day, the Lord spoke to me so clearly and said, Daniel, you need to humble yourself. You've been put under his leadership all authority is given by God, and I put you under him. No matter if you've grown up a pastor's kid, no matter if you know more scripture than him, no matter if you've been through three different ministry schools, he said, you're under his leadership. You need to submit to him. And because I saw his secret place, and because I saw how desperately he needed the Lord, I trusted his leadership. I completely trusted his leadership. It was like, okay, you know what? I know that this guy... No matter what, he, every decision, like literally, he'd be like, guys, what do we do? He'd be like, I don't know. I'd be like, okay, great. And then he'd be like, well, let's pray. Let's, I, I need to ask God what, what to do. Every single decision, he would ask God. He learned how to practice the presence of God in the day-to-day, in the little things, in the small decisions. I would see him on the bus, and he'd just be like, be, be praying into specific things. Like, and I began, became such good friends with that man. And we became so tight, and I began, and I learned to love someone that was completely opposite than me in the natural. But in the spiritual, he had a deep, deep walk with the Lord. And because of that, I could trust him. And I say all that to say is your secret place is extremely important. And truthfully, like, this is me just being real with y'all. If you don't have a secret place, if you don't have time with the Lord, I'll love you, I'll value you as a person, but your opinion is not of much value to me. It's not that you need to prove to me or tell me that you have a secret place. I, I don't need that. But you can, you can see it by their fruit. John 15 says, if they abide in the vine, they will bear much fruit. The problem is we have a generation that wants to bear much fruit without abiding in Christ. 
And there's so many times where you go, oh, you know what? I, you know, I was talking to a buddy last week. He was like, you know what? I just did this whole, you know, I just got this, this, and this done, and this, and this done. But he was like, man, I got to, I said, I got to be honest, though. I had a really productive week, got tons of stuff done. He said, but, man, I didn't get time with the Lord. And I was like, bro, I was like, you did all that without the Lord? It's like, imagine how much you could have done with the Lord. It's like, seriously, it's like there's so many things that we do in our own ability, wisdom, strength, and power, and we begin to think, oh, well, you know, I did all this, and I got all this done. But imagine if he was abiding. Imagine how much more he could have got done. Imagine how much, how clearly he could have heard the voice of the Lord. So we have to abide. We have to begin to remain in him. You know, I, I heard an example of, uh, it was actually from Jonathan and uh, Melissa Hessler. And they were talking about, you know, Jonathan, he was just, just, you know, he was up early in the mornings, spending time with the Lord, and was diving in. But he'd just be so frustrated because his, his wife would sleep in, and then he'd be out the rest of the day. And he just was... He was like, oh, Lord, like, she needs, to get with, she needs to get with you. Like, she needs to get in the Word. She needs to start pressing in. She needs to start hearing your voice. She needs to, like, just be diving in. And the Lord spoke to him so clearly. He said, you give me your mornings, but she gives me your di- the day. You can't just give God your mornings. Intimacy is daily. It's moment by moment, second by second. Listening, abiding. Soaking in his voice. Give God your mornings and your day. That's what I say. Wake up in the morning and say, this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And begin to just dive into his presence. Begin to receive his love. You know, Luke 10, 38. We're going to go to it. This is going to be foundational for us. Very, very popular passage. Martha and Mary. I'm going to read it. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she, and she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha, everybody say, but Martha, was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me, left me alone? Sorry, left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. You know, we see Mary and Martha. Martha welcomes Jesus into her house. She begins to start making food, preparing things, and Mary just sits at Jesus' feet, which is incredible, right? It's powerful. She just stays there. She abides. She listens to the words of Jesus. 
And we focus on we focus on Mary, which is incredible. But I want to look over at Martha. See, so many times he goes, "Oh, we need to stay at his feet," and we just need to, which is true, we do. But the problem with Martha wasn't the fact that she was serving while Jesus was there. Otherwise, you'd be contradicting the scripture because Jesus said, "The greatest among you will be your servant." It was the fact that she was distracted in his presence. Those houses back then were very tiny. And for her to be distracted is to be off serving, doing things for God, for God without hearing his voice. Me, I'm I'm just one of those guys, I'm not gonna lie to you, I'm a doer. I'm just the type of guy that's like, that's a God thing, we're sending it, we're doing it. Like, sometimes a little too much. Like, I'm just like, let's go for it. <laughs> so, but it's not wrong to be a doer. It's wrong to be a doer if you're distracted from the presence of the Lord. That's where we get it twisted. Otherwise, God does not want you to just sit at his feet for 10 hours and do nothing. He definitely wants time at his feet. But can you stay at his feet while you serve? While you prepare a meal? While you give? While you feed the homeless? Can you, can you live in a reality that you're God conscious everywhere you go? Even on the streets tonight when we're going out sharing. Don't get distracted. Can you live God conscious? That's why the Great Commission without the Great Commandment are inseparable. You can do the Great Commission without the Great Commandment. However, you'll be doing it in your own ability, wisdom, strength, and power. God can breathe on it. People will get saved, but you won't know God. And that's no place to be. We need intimacy with God. If you don't have a secret place, tonight's your night to get back in. Jump in. It's the best thing ever. Don't miss out on his voice. Don't miss out on what he has to say. And I believe God is calling us to such a deep secret place that you take us to the streets and we will see his beauty. You take us to the secret place and we'll see his beauty. You take us to the poor and we will see his beauty. You take us to the unreached people groups and we will see his beauty. You take us to our classrooms and we'll still see his beauty. Someone rejects you, persecutes you, you'll still see his beauty. You'll be like Stephen who was able to see the heavens in the midst of persecution. God longs for relationship with you. He burns for you. This is what it's all about. Don't come here and just feel, get a checklist, feel like I, I evangelize. 
It's not enough. It's not enough. God doesn't want your evangelism. He wants you to abide in him every day. We're going to pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for this night. Lord, thank you for intimacy. Thank you, Lord, for the free gift that you gave us. Lord, I pray that we would plead for your presence like, like Moses did, where he said, Lord, come with us. And the Lord said, I'll come with you. And then he said, but please, show me your glory. Show me your glory. And the Lord showed him his glory. Lord, I just pray, Lord, over this place that we would seek your face and that we would stay at your feet and we would go where your feet go, abiding in you, going with you, Lord, because apart from you, we could do nothing to abide in you, Lord. We'd abide in the vine and we'd bear much fruit in Jesus' name. Amen.